0: Is our business.
1: It's like nothing we've dealt with before. Oh my golly, Jim, I'm beginning to
2: think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics.
1: Now in Standard Orbit, sir.
2: Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I'm Haley Stoddart.
1: And I am Ken Tripp. And I am Zach
0: Moore. And today, our topic is the uniforms and their transformation over the years in the Star Trek universe. We'll hit the movies, the TV series, the reboots, and just might climb over the wall at the end. But we'll see. We have fun doing that. We've been doing a lot of that lately, but it's fun, and we don't mind. (laughs) So, uh, this is kind of spurred off of uh, Kaylee and I's discussion about uh, the Star Trek Discovery News. We're talking about their uniforms and all that. Ken, you were not part of that discussion, but you saw uh, a lot of the... um, the fallout from that discussion on on the Babel conference. What are your thoughts on that, Ken?
1: Well, first of all, I'll I'll never leave the keys hanging by the door when I fall asleep. That that was a bad mistake. <laughs> anyway, I, one I thought the episode you guys did was was great, and I it was funny listening to it because you can almost shake your head and go, "Oh no, <laughs> <It's kind> of, <laughs> this is going to rock some worlds here," and it did. And I think. That's okay. I thought, it, first of all, you guys did a great job. You always do. Oh, well, thank you. But I, I, I was just, um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I you guys didn't even tip off to me, right, what you guys were going to be talking about. It was very high level. So when I got into it, it high was level. a lot of just, dis- it was high level. It was kind of like, yeah, we're going to do this, that, that. But, you know, and I, I know you posted, uh, Zach, a picture of the discovery. But I thought, oh, okay, I think they're going to talk more about other things in the movies and the news. So I was, I was... Um, uh, surprised and happy uh, with the direction that it went. And I thought you guys uh, hit it out of the park. And, um, you know, there, there was some balls that, you know, obviously got hit into the stands and hit some people off the head too. So that's all right. It's all good. Yeah, I think it's I feel like, good.
0: you know, we did, we talked about the uh, the Cleons, evolution of the Cleons, in our episode we called it Forehead Gate. I think I could have called that episode uh, Red Shirt Gate.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that did it too, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: There's Yeah, there's definitely some ruffled feathers. Some of the conversation was actually pretty good, I thought. Uh, it got very interesting.
0: Any conversation is a good conversation. It you know, is. When, you, when You can inspire that kind of passion out of people. We did something right. So and I will say for the record that I do not uh, hate Discovery or Spock or any of the people that work on the show, nor do I have an aversion to the color red. Uh, I just, <laughs> you know, I just... <laughs> Grown up with Star Trek history, being you know history to me, so that's that's where I'm coming from with that stuff. And I think we all we all came to understanding there at the end. But that was a lot. That was a lot of fun back and forth uh, in the, in the comments in the verbal comments. So yeah, listeners, if you haven't uh, heard already, go back to episode uh, 220 Disco Prize and, and listen to that fun conversation we had. Look at hey, that recall.
1: That's, good job, man. You remember the number. I also just want to ask <laughs> you the question. Um, you seem to want to die on the hill for very small things. I, I'm worried about you, man. Just be <laughs> careful.
2: Yeah, I know, right. <laughs>
0: You're saying I should pick my battles more wisely? Is that what you're
1: saying? No, no, no. No, it's just that that's an interesting term. Usually I hear it the other way. Ah, I'm not willing to die on the hill over that thing, and then you move on. But I thought that was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> All right, well, in the, in the spirit of our uniform discussion, yes, there have been many uniforms over the span of the Star Trek franchise, especially just in the original series and its films and reboots alone. So we're just going to talk through... The uniforms and their evolution from starting with the cage all the way up to uh, Star Trek Beyond, and then at the end we'll share some of our favorite uniforms. We'll say that's the end. We'll see if you guys can can guess based off what we say. But I, you know, if you if you listen long enough, you probably know what some of our <laughs> favorite uniforms are. But well, we'll have we'll have a final uh, final tally for the three of us at the end. But starting at the very beginning, the cage and where no man has gone before, these uniforms are exactly the same. Uh, other than the fact that in the cage they they roll the collar down over over like a, you know if you see a picture of like Pike and Spock in the cage, you see a picture of Kirk and Spock and where no has come before. It's like they flip the the collar up. It's almost like a, a like a ribbed turtleneck uh, which looks kind of like the uh, movie uniform speaking to that. but but I, I really like these uniforms. I, I, I feel like the uh, the color palette as we had discussed <laughs> to add nauseam last time is, <laughs> it's good it's, it's neutral though it's not too into your face, you know gold, blue and tan. Uh, kind of fit into the aesthetic what they had going on there. Uh, the velour, actually, I like that. You know, I like I like that material. I feel like space is cold, and you might want to like have you know something with some weight to it. Or you're walking around wearing them. Um, something else in these pilot uniforms is the uniform jacket. The excuse me, the landing party jacket that we see in the cage, and that that's a fun accessory that we see. Uh, the original series kind of did away with because you know hashtag budget. But uh, when you got back into the movies, you saw uh, uh, even in, um, you know, Wrath of they had their jackets. Motion Picture, they had their jackets. And you can get in the Kelvin timeline, they have all kinds of different uh, alternate uniform versions and, and covers that we can talk about when we get to there. But, the, you know, uh, black trousers, boots, and a shirt does the job for me. What do you guys think about the cage and where no man has gone before uniforms?
2: I don't like the tan shirts. God, okay, what'd you say? <laughs> <try? laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't. I think for me, because of of how they obviously filmed it, it's too close to the gold that it just kind of almost blends. I do like the velour, although as someone with fine hair, I'm not gonna wear that stuff. So I would have never, never, no. Why? Just, what does that do? It just makes my hair staticky. It's like fleece. I don't do fleece because it just, and it just sticks to my face.
1: Mm, I hate when that happens. <laughs> now, did, did you like did you like
0: the kind of, in the women's uniforms, actually, you know, a couple things. Yeah, the fleece, so I love uh, the, the collar, and they have pants. Yeah, great, and see,
2: right? I thought that was great. Um, and that's one of the things that I was going to bring up later is the fact that, okay, we have number ones in pants. And I thought that was awesome as a 60s show, you know, to show women in pants. And granted, they were wearing pants. Back then, but then they went to the, I'm not even really going to call it a dress. Let's just call it like a longer shirt. <laughs> yeah, I kind of missed the pants. I thought it was great.
1: Huh. Okay, so the very first shot of Spock and Kirk playing chess in Where No Man gone is, Has Gone Before... I thought was a very interesting shot. And when they got in close and I could see the zippers, for some reason (laughs) I was like, oh. Because they were so big on the shoulder Mm -hmm. and going up to the neck. And so I I think the uniform would have been better if it felt a little bit more modern. And they didn't. It's just funny that that I remember that so clearly. It's like, but why zippers? Man, come on. Come up with something else. Uh, I don't even think Velcro was invented then or it was close to being invented. It was a NASA thing, right? Well, the, and, uh, the Vulcans
0: evented when... Velcro cannon in Carbon Creek, Pennsylvania. Did you not see that episode of, of Enterprise with DePaul's grandma?
1: Thank <laughs> you for the reminder.
0: <laughs> I don't know what year that was supposed to be, but I <laughs> think in the fifties yeah. or something.
1: I was talking real time, but anyway, I thought the um, the initial uniforms were were fine. They were practical. Uh, the rank insignia didn't make any sense, though, so it was really hard to discern. You know, it was either no stripe. One stripe or two stripes, mm-hmm. and that's it. And there was a lot of ranks in between, so it would be very hard to identify who's who on a ship like true. that. But you know, overall, it was it was okay. Well, well, didn't rock my world, but it was okay.
0: That that is true. The, the the lack of more designations on the ranking stripes is confusing. It's like two. Okay, you're the captain, and then most people get one, and then everybody else gets none. Um, I, I will say, you know, Haley, you mentioned the not being able to tell the colors apart. Uh, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, back watching TOS, like, you know, in in TV, you know, before they kind of remastered and all that on SDTV, it was really hard to tell... (laughs) There were two different colors, you know, or three different colors, I should say, uh, because if you look at like Kirk and then like Gary Mitchell or whatever, like oh, it's like are they are they wearing different colors? It's hard to say. Like, you know, the colors have been they kind of washed out over the years, reruns and re- broadcast tapes and whatnot. Uh, it wasn't until really the Sci-Fi Channel remastered it in '98, and then especially when we got Star Trek remastered in 2006, the really you could really tell there was a a, a real definition like this is gold <laughs> and this is tan. Uh, before it was like blue and not blue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the day. So even I will admit that. But uh yeah, I you know, I like these uniforms. They had they had some weight to them and they, they got the job done. So uh but then, you know, when we went to the original series, we added some more splashes of color in the original series proper, you know. Um the the bridge design itself changed from kind of blue and gray to, you know, lots of red that the, the bridge that we see in, in the original series and the second pilot where man has gone before. But then we get to the you know, T O S, you know, Corbyn Might Maneuver, Man Trap, etc. Uh, you see that that has bled over to the uniforms as well. And we get three different uniforms. We get gold, blue, and red. Uh, we get our striping uh, for, you know, uh, one... Uh, let's see. No stripes is an ensign. One stripe is a lieutenant. One and a half stripes is a lieutenant commander. Two stripes is a commander. And two and a half stripes is a captain. And that, that was very, very uh, easy to understand. Very intuitive ranking system they had there. The... Um, the color red again. I don't mind it. I just you know I think it got introduced at a certain time. We just stick to that. But um, as far as the material though, I, I do have a problem with the material of these uniforms because they seem they seem not as thick, not as you know um, just sturdy as the pilot uniforms. They they a lot of the times they look like a T-shirt that you left in the dryer a little too long. <laughs> you, know, you kind of see it riding up on people. And, and I don't know. The Now when we get to the third season, they introduce a new uniform uh, material, and that's a little thicker. Uh, it has a little more weight to it, and it kind of reminded me of the older uh, pilot uniforms just as far as how they kind of fit people's bodies and all that. But I did have some issues with, with just the, the material of the TWS uniforms themselves, not to mention the fact that women are not wearing miniskirts, or as you said, Haley, a shorter shirt. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you could definitely tell that there was a difference in the material. It's almost like, um, I don't, to me it kind of looks, not like felt, but kind of like that, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. I've worked in retail too long and, I don't know, maybe like a shorter fleece something. I, anyway, but I did like that, you know, again, you said the stripe, you know, the ranks, that got a little easier and you're like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. This is when we get uh, the green shirt, right?
0: Yes, Kirk's a uh, wraparound. Kirk, his his captain's wraparound. alternate. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you like do you like that? Do you like that he has the alternate shirt?
2: It's interesting. <laughs> I think it was me, but what about you, Ken?
1: What do I? Well, the wraparound shirt it was easy to identify when he got split into who was good and who was bad. Kirk, right? So that was <laughs> right. Good. I didn't mind that wraparound shirt. I didn't mind the uniforms too too much. I thought that. I, I, I always wondered why, because historically, and all the other Star Trek incarnations have always had either the four stripes or the four pips for a captain, and that's how it is today. I mean, you, whether you go to the airport, the captain has four, the first officer has three, Navy, same thing, four, three, all the way down. But uh, I, I always kind of wondered why they just didn't go with the four stripes. Just a, a little personal thing. Uh, overall, the uniforms were, were, um, were fine for the era. Uh, it was interesting, I think it was when we had uh Larry Nemicick on zach oh uh, back March last year, and he was the one who told us that the short, short skirts were actually preferred by the women because at that point in the in the mid sixties they were rebelling right yeah. so in the seventies uh women you know t- burn your bras all that all that other stuff, and in the in the sixties, this was the big you know we're getting away from. The full dresses and all that stuff and then the skirts became a big fashion thing from the mid to mid 60s to the i don't know mid 70s maybe or 73 70 why am i asking you two that was a big mistake <laughs> but anyway hey, i did take
2: uh, a women in history class my final semester at school and we actually covered some of that era so it's okay i know i wasn't around then but that doesn't mean i don't know about it and i was actually gonna bring how- that up too
1: yeah, but do you know how much that hurts when you tell me you learned of this in a history class? I'm not that freaking old. I mean, I'm just kidding. That is funny. So so why don't you um, give us some, some color on, on that?
2: No, you know, like you said, that was very much indicative of the age. You had the mod dresses were coming in into fashion in, in general um, across the board, and they were they were those... Shorter dresses. I mean, you look at um, Twiggy, and she would wear the mod dresses, and they were all short. And it was getting away. Even if they had sleeves, it was getting away from those t length dresses of the fifties and early sixties. And so it was very, very indicative of the fashion of the time in general for women to say, "No, we're gonna, we're, we're going to move away from this. We're not going to be constrained by." our fashion and we're not going to it's okay if we show our legs and and whatnot so i thought it was i mean it's great at the same time but it's like wow yeah no it's cold in space
1: <laughs> <laughs> give
2: me I'll, I'll take the pants
1: <laughs> well they can those those uniforms do have temperature control <laughs> that's right believe it or not <laughs> 72 degrees
0: you know, you guys mentioned we were talking briefly about the uh, the green wraparound. Interesting interesting note here is that uh, the green wraparound is, is green. But the actual – all the other costumes were also green. Uh, it's just in, – in real life, if you looked at all of them, they would be green. But under the studio lights and the cameras, they translated as gold, which is an interesting bit of trivia because people think, like, well, why does – why does Kirk have just a random other color? It's like, no, actually, they were all supposed to be that color, but because the wraparound was made from a different material, you saw its true color come through with the studio lights and the camera, whereas oh. the, the the standard uniform, the quote-unquote gold, um, was actually green, but it's just the, the way that the lights and the cameras processed them, they came out as gold. And so it, it's, uh, uh, that, that's led to many many in-depth conversations about uniforms over the years in, in Star Trek fandom.
1: Well, that makes me feel better because I don't think my hair is really gray. It's just the lighting.
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting that even when they, well, when they got to season three, right, and they changed the actual material mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and as I said, I prefer those. They, they look like just more professional. If you of, all the, of all the things that got cheaper and, you know, worse looking in season three, the uniforms are not one of them. They actually took the opposite approach. But Kirk actually doesn't wear his green wraparound in, in the third season so there's really no way to compare and I figured, I figure at that point they're like, "Well, this is the way everything is, so we just got to stick to it." But uh, I, I do wonder if they ever thought like, "Oh, should we, should we use a different material now that we're gonna switch it all up?" And then people like me be like, "What? The uniform are supposed to be gold. Why are they green now? What are you doing? You're ruining my Star Trek." But uh, yeah, that, so that's basically the the TOS proper uniforms. Um, a couple other random. Well, first of all, do you guys think it's interesting that there's no pockets or anything on these uniforms? I know. Uh mm. it's you have you have these Velcro kind of belts they wear sometimes, so you have the phaser and the uh communicator on and the tricorder is obviously a strap, so I guess any kind of valuable they need where they would just put on that little Velcro belt, guys.
2: I think that makes sense. I mean, how hard would it be to grab your phaser out of a pocket when you need it in a hurry? <laughs> You know, so I mean, it makes sense. And obviously it saves material because you don't have to make a pocket. And let's face it, women don't get pockets anyway, even now. So that's another topic. We won't go there. <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn pants without a
1: pocket. I don't know. Yeah, we have to do a women's fashion podcast now and really get into this and talk about it. <laughs> but I, I guess, uh, you know, I always thought, at the time, bec- modern whatever, I I didn't think of it. I think as time's gone on, you know, it's funny. What's, <laughs> what's, what's old is new again a lot of times when it comes to fashion, right? And and you see things kind of come around. So it was it was interesting to me when other uniform designs came around that they they kind of brought that back. You know, in in bits and bobs, not necessarily in the pants, but they they did allow for storage of things. So.
0: Well, there's no money in the 23rd century, so they didn't need to keep being cash or credit cards in their pocket, right, guys? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, sometimes there was, sometimes there wasn't, so <laughs> it's hard to say.
0: Now, before we move on to the movies, there, there were a couple of random other Starfleet designs I wanted to mention, The uh, those being the environmental suits. So in the naked time, <laughs> you, you basically have yes. a, an orange shower curtain <laughs> that has been cut up and refashioned into a spacesuit. You can just, you know, take your glove off, scratch your nose, put it back on. I mean, just just absurd <laughs> absurd and then in the tholian web you actually have a real spacesuit design which is uh very impressive again for the third season they were cutting the budget everywhere else but for some reason they just they just splurged on the uniforms and i really like those uh those tholian web third season spacesuits what what do you guys think about those two designs of of uh, environmental suits
2: the orange was interesting <laughs> that was yeah, that was great with like the chicken wire, kind of was like chicken wire across the face. <laughs> I think my daughter laughed at that
1: one. Well, I think that, uh, I don't know, one, one thing about that, that whole thing with the glove coming off and scratching the nose and all that... It's a very human thing to do, which is kind of funny. You know, people get <laughs> complacent, so it's just like, yeah, okay, that is probably how many dumb things have happened in history you <laughs> know <laughs> don't don't do the obvious thing and they do the obvious dumb thing, but uh I agree with you zach the um they, they didn't they didn't do well with the environmental suit in season one, but in season three the the space suit looked like pretty good. I thought you know it wasn't wasn't bad, and I was trying to think if there was other instances of it, I'm sure there must have been but um, no, that was yeah, the only it, time
0: in that we saw yeah. the spacesuits in Tholian web. Is that right? Okay. Now uh, in just... in Squire Gothos, there was discussion about them wearing the environmental suits from Naked Time, but I believe mm-hmm. it was Rob Justman. He was like, "No, those that's embarrassing. Just have them wear this mask or something." Because they, they beam down there, they don't know if it's going to be a uh, yeah. class environment, so they have this little small mask they're wearing, kind of like uh, they wear in Empire Strikes Back when they're in the the space worm. <laughs> that's what I always. That's oh, what that yeah, always yeah, reminds yeah, me of. Yeah. But, yeah, they said, you know what? I know we have those in the costume closet, but let's just burn those because <laughs>
1: because those are embarrassing. So I thought they, well, I think that was the right choice. Oh, that's cool. But before we get into the movies, I know we're talking about Starfleet, but just at a high level, what did you think of the Klingon and Romulan uniforms back then?
0: Romulans, thumbs up. Klingons, yeah. thumbs down.
2: <laughs> yeah, I liked the Romulan ones. I thought they were really great. The Klingon ones, nah, they were okay. Eh, they could have been better, but I liked the Romulan ones for sure.
0: The Klingon ones were like a black turtleneck with like a gold undershirt on top of it. I just I was never really impressed by the Klingon uniforms to be honest. The Romulans, you know, thick. I guess I'm all about the thick material, but like you know, it's thick material. There's layers. The 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 uh, the different colors. Like I don't know if it designated certain ranks or not. I think I think like red or purple or whatever color that is. That's like command, and blue is just you know knock command basically uh the helmets were cool like everything about the romulans just just a higher production value all, all across the board with those guys and i really enjoyed those and they carry over even into uh, next generation in their first appearance they're still wearing a very similar um kind of uniform design until until then and later next gen. they get the, the whole Shoulder pad uniforms that last for you know fifteen years, which is not the best look. But the, those are my thoughts, Kim. What do you think about the the ma- the um the main alien races uniforms in TOS like that?
1: Yeah, I, I like the, uh, the like you guys. I, I preferred the Romulans. I did like the Klingon sash, and I did like that it kind of lasted and kept going right. It's and true. That Worf actually wore the same one from the from the original series. Same prop, yeah. Now that the, the sash trip. was cool. Yep. So that was that was the one element I liked about it, but that that was it. The uh, the Romulans, though, they had a um, a, a, pr- a very distinctive, very cool look. They they always uh, came across as um, threatening because of the of their uniforms. I thought, and the Klingons, you know, um, at times fine, at times so over the top. It was it was a little difficult, and the makeup and the uniforms didn't help them much.
0: Well, yeah, no, I think a sash adds so much because you look at you know you look at core. And Kang, those are people's favorite Klingon. Usually, if you ask, "Hey, who's your favorite original series Klingon?" Poor Koloth doesn't get a lot of respect. <laughs> Not only didn't have he didn't have like the complete makeup, he didn't have the complete uniform. They could at least gave him a sash, you know, kind of uh, made-, made distinguished him from his other officers as as the
1: commander there. So I can't believe you remembered that. Did you remember that, Haley?
2: No, I didn't. I okay. need to go all back right. and rewatch it all again. To be honest. Not gonna lie. Well, yeah,
1: but the sash, you know, from Trouble with Tribbles, it's like, I, okay. Nope. Good call out, Z. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have caught that at all.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, are we good to move on to the movies, guys?
2: We did miss, though, as I was thinking about it, we forgot to talk about their dress uniforms.
1: Oh, oh good, good call. call out. Good call out.
2: That shiny okay. shirt. I like it. <laughs> you
1: do like it, and huh?
0: again, look at what color was Kirk's uniform there, Haley?
2: It was green.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. When they had different material, it's green, but the Tos proper was gold. But yeah, I, I like. It. What did you What did you think of all the little um, like uh, patches oh, and medals they had?
2: They're so cool. <laughs> I thought it was really neat. I liked all the different ones. I thought it was great. But I liked the dress ones. I thought it was really. They still looked the same as the as. They're normal uniforms, but just snazzy.
1: I like the dress uniforms. I I wasn't a big fan of the um, the ribbons or the medals or whatever the heck that was. It just it. I'm a symmetrical guy, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff's all over the place, that type of thing. But I did like the dress uniforms a lot. They were very at the actually. If you take the Navy's choker uniform, it's not that dissimilar. Same material, really, and. Um, you know, I, and I, I always thought that when I was wearing that, and I was like, this reminds me a little bit of that. So, yeah.
0: Well, good call it. Okay. We, we almost Thanks. skipped that one. You, you saved know. us some feedback <laughs> in the Babel conference there. Ellie, good job.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, let's go into the motion picture. These uniforms are notorious, infamous in fandom as being in you know, old pajamas and whatnot. Uh, I believe Robert Wise said uh, we need to update the uniforms because we can't have people running around in their pajamas. Although ironically, when people <laughs> think about the motion picture uniforms, that's exactly what people think. Um, there's a lot I do like about the motion picture uniforms, especially Admiral Kirk's uniform. Um, some of the other ones, the short sleeve ones I like as well, kind of show some variety. As you see in any military uniform today, you have long sleeve, short sleeve. There's uh, there's there's just so much variety. Um, and the, the ranks were shown not only with stripes, but also, uh, division colors inside the Starfleet Delta, the, uh, the, the circle block disc or whatever behind, uh, the Delta would, would, would signify what division they were in. Um, in addition to, uh, if you're wearing tan or blue or white, even, you know, uh, bones had some cool, like disco collar, uh, alternate uniforms going on there. Um. He had some cool spacesuits as well, so all the like, you know it's it, it's cool. It, it's very it's very 70 sci-fi, but I don't mind it. I can see maybe why at the time people didn't like it, and I think, I think in retrospect, it's hurt more by what came after it, which is the Monster Maroons, which everybody loves, which we get to in a second here. But uh, you know, on an island in isolation, uh, out of context, I I don't really don't mind the motion picture uniforms. And then of course we have the the Klingons as well. We can we can tap into that too. But but Ken, what did you think, man? You watched. TOS for you know 10 years on TV, you see this motion picture for the first time in 1979. What are you thinking when, they, when, when you see these guys in their new digs?
1: I really liked them at the time. Uh, when it first came out, I thought they were pretty cool. Now, I will say that the onesies that the guys were wearing <laughs> were not good.
0: Those were the worst, for
1: sure. Those were more revealing than the scants. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, there is nothing to hide. You know what I mean? I I just was like, ooh. I always felt uncomfortable with those. But when they wore them with the belts that had the shirt that overlapped the pants, I thought those looked okay. Uh, I, I had no problems with it. Admiral Kirk's uniform is really cool. The uh, Klingon um, uniform, yeah, they hit it out of the park, I thought, with that. they They finally came up with... A very menacing, very militant-looking uniform. I thought. I mean, their whole look uh, was was really, really strong. I thought the uh, spacesuits were well done, well designed. No issues there. So overall, I I didn't have the the heartburn. I was actually when when Star Trek Two came out and they showed up in the monster rooms. It took me a bit of getting used to, just because I really, really liked the motion picture ones. You know, now at the time it was how old was I 12 13 years old when the motion picture came out something like that so you have different you know at that time what was in fashion (laughs) oh that had to be like the worst era in human history it's up there it's up there you know I mean broad open collars polyester zoot suits all of that stuff so when you think about it the motion picture was a little bit more calm considering oh my god that that late 70s look I don't know what are your thoughts Haley
2: yeah i i agree with you there um i actually i couldn't because again i know ken you're gonna hate me i don't remember motion picture very much so um Mm. but no yeah the the one piece was just it's never good on anyone let's be honest
1: (laughs) not over the age of two
2: (laughs) (laughs) no exactly um the klingon ones were great and again the spacesuits were really really awesome um and, yeah, Admiral Kirk's uniform was really cool. I liked I liked that, the dual color and stuff.
0: But, yeah, so basically that's, that's the uh, the long and short of the motion picture uniforms. Now I remember I was watching George Takei on TV in an interview once, and he was talking about how uncomfortable they were to wear. Like, there was a zipper, but you, you mentioned zippers earlier, can there was a zipper, like, underneath their arm, and it mm. was just, like, very uncomfortable to, like, get in, get out. And he claimed, and, you know, I, I know that you'll take it with a grain of salt, but he said that... <laughs> If they didn't change the uniforms, the cast refused to come back <laughs> for another movie. So I don't know how much that was a a factor or not, but uh, but I, I can see that I can see how awkward it would be to, to get in and out of something with a zipper under the arm. But I mean, the short sleeve one looks really cool, like you know, Casual Friday on the Enterprise. Everybody's wearing short sleeves, you know. That's that's you know, I think we saw Kirk and Sulu wear short sleeves and Bones with his with his collar and whatnot. So they, they, they seem to be. It's ironically, they seem to be very comfortable when you're looking at them wearing them, but, you know, that's not always the case. You know, function over uh, fashion or fashion over function or whatever the case may be, but th- that's that's the motion picture for you. So we move on to a very pastel look, right? We went from, like, like Technicolor TOS to a very pastel mm-hmm. motion picture, and now we go to all red, my favorite color, as has been established here on Standard <laughs> um And I really like these uniforms, and they have stood the test of time and just... Pure, for pure budgetary reasons, you know, if you look at the the Star Trek timeline, like like they use these uniforms for like a hundred years, you know, and uh, almost uh, probably eighty years for uh for uh you know from the twenty two you know eighties to the twenty three forties or fifties because whenever you do flashbacks on TNG, right, you'd see like somebody in a variation of this uniform. Uh, You know, either sometimes they'd have no undershirt, sometimes they'd have, you know, no belt. I mean, it was very odd combinations they come up with in in the next gen uh, era to kind of show up a quote unquote progression. Of these Rathakon uniforms, but yeah, you have you know you have a tur- you have a turtleneck of a certain color, a division color, underneath a you know a a coat, an overcoat if you will, uh, with a strap which was the same color. Usually, we can talk about that. But the strap is usually the same color as the turtleneck to to signify what division you're in. On that strap is a um, symbol of some of some sort uh, that rank insignia. Rank insignia. There we go. Thank you, military For man. Sure. There, correcting <laughs> layman's terms here. <laughs> what an idiot uh a rank insignia on the street. i wasn't thinking that <laughs> haley
1: was but i wasn't thinking
0: that. some kind of shape i don't know no. you know it's so a rank <laughs> insignia um there uh which which i felt it was very again like uh like tos is very intuitive i think that was maybe the problem with the motion picture like it was kind of overcomplicated because you have many different colors and then many different colors inside deltas that you can't even tell and Whose stripe is where, but it's all right that you look at somebody's, uh, if you look at someone's strap, you see their insignia and their color, and you know immediately who they are, what their position is. And then um, for the first time in in Star Trek, at least on screen, uh, everyone's uh, Starfleet Delta is the same. Uh, because in the original series, as we talked about on screen, people had different patches, and I know with this whole story, we did a whole episode about it. Okay, <laughs> but in the motion picture, they all had different colors on their on their patches uh, behind the Delta. But now all that is thrown out. Everyone has the uh, I don't even know what you would call this like a like a rectangle, like a stylized rectangle behind the the Delta shield, guys.
1: I guess it was an oval, right? Yeah, kind of a stretched kinda. out one. Yeah, it was rounded.
0: Yeah, it's like a shaved edges or something like that. But uh, that was a very you know iconic look, which which stuck with Starfleet and Star Trek's aesthetic for, you know, 80 years in the universe and like, you know, 20 years uh, <laughs> twenty years in, uh, on screen. So what'd you guys think of these, what has been dubbed the Monster Maroon uniforms?
2: Yeah, I think they're great. Um, and it took me a while. I think probably the first few times that I saw Wrath of Khan, I never really noticed the color differences. And then I finally, <laughs> and then someday I was like, oh, wait. They have different colors underneath. That's really cool. <laughs> so I like that because otherwise they're all in the same color, so you wouldn't and un- you wouldn't know that hey this person's science or this person's medical. I like that.
1: Yeah, it, it took me a little bit to get used to, to be honest with you. I, I like them. And I think that overall, I think for from a series point of view, common uniform, it's probably one of the better ones. Just be, just because it had uh, everything that I was talking about. So on the sleeve, it had the same uh, rank insignia as uh, what was on the, the flap there, and it also had um, it, it also denoted how many years of service you had. Oh, it did uh, on your sleeve. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were. So you had, I guess, they would be bigger pips. And they could either be circles or small all Oh, ovals. like those
0: dashes. Okay, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Okay. Yeah, and
1: that's okay. that's that's what that indicated. So they really thought it through, which is kind of funny for a Nick Meyer thing because, <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, whatever, right? He, he didn't really care about that stuff, or at least he, he didn't seem to. But what they did do with these uh, rank insignias is they were actually able to fill all the voids that having, you know, just those two and a half stripes it it wouldn't (laughs) cover an ensign a lieutenant jg a full ensign a lieutenant commander commander it they had everything figured out and they they did a nice job with it so i think it's funny as structured as the motion picture was and it was that was probably the most structure uh, of of the uniforms in terms of consistency and um and i thought too it, it it added a little bit of flair to things you know because as the movies went on you could have kind of a, a, a Kirk had a, a captain's jacket that remind me of what Picard wore mm-hmm. you know on occasion. And you had the away uniforms, which I didn't like those, those big coats that they wore and whatnot. Um,
0: In Star Trek II, yeah, with the.
1: and Star Trek, yeah, I did not like those. Those things were just too big. And I always got, you know, I always go, oh, it's Yuppie Kirk, you know, with the collar up. Giant collar, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually a very nautical thing, to be honest. Most most sailors do wear their, their coats with the pea coats up. But it was, uh, it, yeah, I thought it was um, a, a great era. I, I was always like, why wouldn't they just uh, wear the same things throughout the, the TNG when they went back in time? Why, why discard the turtleneck? They looked horrible. You know, or take the belt off. It just looked, it looked sloppy. So I, I wasn't sure why they did that. But at any rate, uh, great uniform.
2: I think they look very distinguished. Yeah. You know, because the crew's gotten older. And as, you know, we've reached this point in the time. And so I think it kind of lends this... I don't know, distinguished air to kind of everybody on board with the Monster Maroons.
1: I think that's a great observation. Thank
0: you. Yeah, so as far as the colors, right, usually, like nine times out of ten, uh, your your strap on your jacket and your undershirt are the same color. But for some reason, in Star Trek VI, uh, Valeris has a uh, a red shirt and a gray strap or is it a gray strap and a red shirt? Do you guys remember... Orange? No, No. absolutely not. You got see? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know at all. I know it seems like I do. At least I like to act like I do. Uh, But there there is a discontinuity there, and yet, spoilers, you know, she turns out to be a a bad guy. So is that, like, supposed to, like, give you some kind of unsettling feeling about her? Because, you know, is that some kind of artistic thing there, Nick Meyer? What are you doing there? I don't know. But uh, that that, that did kind of annoy me, (laughs) you know, because it's like you see everybody else is like, okay, yellow and yellow, gray and gray, white and white, red and red. But this girl here, two different colors. Just confusing to me. Savick, red and red, or orange and orange, right? Perfectly legitimate. I did, I did like the engineering uniforms as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were continuous. then th- those actually, they carry those over from motion picture, uh, and I like that because if they, if you're working in this, you know, uh, warp field and matter, antimatter area, it just stands to reason you might need more protection, as if you'd be working like in a nuclear plant, like if you're in the submarine next to the reactor, you'd be wearing some protective gear, and that's that was the thinking. Like you said, Ken. motion picture is very practical that way. And uh, and those carry through. To, I believe we see those in um, 1, 2, and 3. I don't think we see him after Star Trek 3. But Scotty's wearing that. And Scotty had some alternate uh, versions as well. He had his little vest, uh, his more casual vest. And uh, he see, here's the deal. He had a white undershirt. He should have had a yellow undershirt because throughout all the other uniforms, he had the yellow undershirt for his division. But he's wearing a white one. I don't know why. Uh, I do. Oh, okay. Please explain.
1: Captains wear white.
0: When well, you hit
1: the, uh, the rank of captain, you wear white.
0: And he was the captain of engineering? Is that what
1: you're saying? No, he was yeah. actually promoted to captain.
0: Well, I know in TNG they call him Captain Scott, but like in Star Trek, you're telling me in Star Trek IV he is a captain? Yes. So captain yeah. of engineering makes you a captain?
1: Well, there's no such term as captain of engineering. <laughs> it's either chief engineer or you're not the chief engineer. Okay. But, you know, he he, he got promoted to captain, and that's, that's why he wore white.
0: Yeah, but he's still wearing the yellow when he's in the Monster Maroon, though.
1: I'm just telling you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. Because, uh, you know, Spock wore it. Kirk mm-hmm. wore it. So if you if, once you make captain or above, the, the divisions kind of went away after a certain point. Everybody mm-hmm. wore white if you were that level or well, above. Somebody
0: should have told the rest of the costume department. Because in, <laughs> I'm just saying in four, five, mm-hmm. and six, he's still wearing the yellow undershirt
1: um, as he was before.
0: No, he was wearing yeah. white. Yeah, no, he, no, he, was he was wearing yellow.
1: white, and especially in five. He was running. No, no, no. no. In the when vest, he's just when you.
0: he's wearing just the vest, he's wearing white. But when he's in the okay. monster maroon uniform proper, he's wearing the yellow or the mustard uh, color.
1: I don't remember. I, I do so. remember the mustard one, but I'll have to look at the rank insignia. It does mm-hmm. change eventually. Okay.
0: All right. We'll check it out. We'll check it out. Yeah. Sulu. Okay. Sulu, perfect example. He gets promoted to captain. He switches to white.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. But Scotty didn't unless he was wearing his little vest. So. The minutiae of know. uniforms, people—it's exciting, isn't it?
1: <laughs> okay, and we have to behave, right? We're not going to talk about weight and having anything to do with maybe these problems, right? No, we're
0: not—not not at all. Okay,
1: we'll behave. Uh, that, that's, I'll behave.
0: That's why Kirk continued to get these more intricate vests, you know,
1: as he as he Oh, wore. it starts, yeah, in generations, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, it is funny because in the motion picture, he was running marathons, right? He was he was doing everything he could to get in shape for that movie, and he looked really good, and then. In two, three, and I think in four, he was doing T.J. Hooker, and he was running around like a crazy man, and staying in that police uniform and stay, you know. And then you could kind of see when T.J. Hooker left, and the movies kept going. He it, just like between seasons, you know, two and three mm-hmm. in the original series, he, he kind of he kind of battled that a little bit, but. Um, yeah, that, that progression and they, you're, you're right, Haley, they, they did look more distinguished in those uniforms for their age and it did allow them to adjust for that because they are all getting a, a little bit, you know, Sulu never, he always looked great, but, uh, yes, some in, in Chekhov, but some of the others, you know, it's, it's age, it's tougher.
0: And, um, you know, so, something a lot of people don't notice is when Kirk is an admiral, he has a gold uh, band around his, uh-, uh, his, the front of his uniform. And then when he gets uh, demoted back to captain, that band goes away because that that signifies a, a flag officer because he had you know, a starburst right. on his uh, insignia on his strap and then became the more like you know rectangle-ish uh, captain insignia. That as well. gold
1: actually followed the whole pattern of the shirt. So mm-hmm. as it went to you know the the line across the black line and down, mm-hmm. it was out. There was also gold trimming on that as well.
0: Yeah, so that's a nice, that's a nice t- attention to detail. It's amazing. And then you, like like you guys were saying, there's more, almost like you know dignified, dramatic. Things you can do with the uniform, like when people get, you know, they, they get disturbed or they need to relax, they kind of unhook their uniform, and that's like a signal for, like, distress or something, you know? Uh, even, like, when Kirk was in sickbay and you know, Peter Preston reaches up and, you know, stains his uniform with the blood, he keeps that with him for, for a few scenes, then it adds a, a certain sense cool. of just mm-hmm. extra to things, so... So yeah, I mean you know we got other spacesuits and all that. The Spacesuits carry over from motion picture. Uh, you know you know I said that the engineering uniforms stop in three. They actually I believe they reuse the engineering uniforms as part of the the, uh, the assassins uniforms in six when they beam over and kill uh, Gorkon. That's true. Uh, That's true. So yep. so they use those. So being being resourceful again, you know uh, the magnetic the boots s- are cool.
1: So the security uniforms like the security guards in the motion picture, those elements stuck with it in. Um, you know when security is yeah. in Star Trek two and three, at least the the headgear and mm-hmm. I believe you know I don't know what it was Kevlar whatever the heck they're that, wearing they look
0: like you know. an old like a leather football player is what I always thought yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah they they do yeah. <laughs> but no I appreciate that continuity you know they they stuck with it and uh, and then even even other uh, uniforms seem to be kind of repurposed for like other motion picture uniforms seem to be repurposed for Rathacon. like David's uniform like whatever that science uniform is that basically looks like a short sleeve motion picture uniform so so that's cool and and yeah I mean that's um. That's pretty much as far as the TOS uh, films are concerned. That that covers that covers the uniforms in, in, the, in the original six movies. And then, as we said, they kind of they they get weird when they go to next generation. Like you think, like yeah, taking away stuff doesn't signify an evolution <laughs> of the uniforms. Guys like, look, Jack Crusher doesn't have an undershirt or a belt. <laughs> I'm like, well, what kind of uniform is he wearing? then? it's silly. Uh, so I, I I think they they got as they quote unquote evolved they got they got less dignified as you
1: guys put it so but did you notice in yesterday's enterprise they still had the belt loops
0: Oh they did Yeah Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did They're like okay guys we can't cut them off cuz we're still using them for the movies but uh for the sake of this <laughs> And they could only afford one like insignia right one delta shield because like when Captain Garrett dies like I guess Castillo gets hers cuz he didn't have one <laughs> until she died I'm like we passing this around So anyway
1: Oh, no, I didn't notice that. Very uh, odd. Good eyes. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. We all that notice
0: too. different things, don't we? So, and there was we no, do. there was no real dress uniform in the Monster Rune era because the Monster Maroons themselves were almost a dress uniform, right?
1: The only thing that changed is in Star Trek VI where they wore ribbons, right? They they wore their awards on mm, the uniform, the admirals, which is the right? first time we saw that. Yeah, and that would have been for anybody. It was kind of interesting because that would have been a great opportunity to. Uh, demonstrate just how good Kirk, Spock, and some of those crew members were if they came in and they had a whole much more fruit salad than the rest of the other mm-hmm. uh, uh, j- admirals in the room. You know, can you imagine but, anyway. the
0: continuity problems of keeping up with that, though, in
1: a- <laughs> <laughs> shooting a movie?
2: <laughs> no. Well, well,
0: yeah. Now, <laughs> Haley. Now, the the in these uniforms, as with the motion picture, the women are wearing pants again. Yeah. Uh, except we do see again Michelle Nichols and Gracie Whitney. They they pushed for their miniskirts back and they got them, so it was a good look for them. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on the on the women uniforms in the this era?
2: You know, again, I I like that they kind of went with the pants because it, it made it more uniform. Because again, those those monster maroons are it's such a significant look that I don't know it makes like when you see pictures of the entire cast and they're all in the monster maroons and they're on the on the bridge it. It would be really, really weird if they weren't all in pants to me, like just because of the presence of the uniform in itself, you know. Um, And granted, yes, they did fight for for the skirt to come back, and and that's fine, you know. Everyone's got their different comfort level, but uh, you will not catch me in one of those. (laughs) So if
0: you go to Star Trek (laughs) Las Vegas, you will not see Haley in an original series style uh, uniform, No.
2: I do have my TNG scant, and and that's yeah, nope, that's that's as short as it's gonna go.
0: <laughs> well, that said, at least the women had sleeves, because yes. if we fast forward to the Kelvin timeline movie, Star Trek 09, I didn't even real honestly, I didn't even realize this till beyond when people are like, yes, the women have sleeves, we can tell what rank they are. I'm like, what? Like, oh, you're right. We had no sleeves <laughs> in the last two movies. So, what were your impressions of those uniforms, just in general, overall, when we got to 09, and those, you know, over, as we call them, over-designed Delta Shield and every <laughs> centimeter uniforms. <laughs>
2: uh, you know, yes, they're over-designed, but I actually like it. Mm-hmm. I like all of the iterations of the Kelvin timeline uniforms. I think they're great. Um, beyond. I think did a little bit better just because they did simplify them, but yeah, I don't know. I know it's weird to say, oh, they don't have sleeves and they're and they're in this short dress, but I don't know. I think I think Zoe pulls it off, and it suits her. Like I, I don't yeah. know. Sleeves would be weird, at least in 09.
0: What about you, Ken? What were your thoughts when you, when you saw these? Uh... New updated versions of the TOS proper uniforms for the the JJ 09, movies.
1: Yeah, 09 was fine. I, I thought overall, um, they were it was very simple. Mm-hmm. In um, Into Darkness, they went overboard. I thought I wasn't. I, you know, it's funny the um, the gray uniforms that they had with the hats. Yeah. You know, with the the Starfleet emblem, I um, I wasn't sure if I liked them or not. And there was a little bit. I'm a real stickler for uniforms, right? And mm. that's where. I have to be a little bit careful and a little bit cautious because I, you know, it's, to me, I'm I'm checking everything out just because that's how I grew up. And so, how you know, do they have the right amount of whatever they had on their epaulets that makes sense? <laughs> Was there a difference between a captain, a commander, and an admiral? It got a little. Eh the um but you know the the ship uniforms were fine in the first two movies i i really liked beyond i liked i guess what would be their dress uniform when he was talking with the admiral on yorktown station you know it was uh it, it was unique it had uh, the um the starfleet insignia on both sides of the collar it reminded me of the chokers a little bit i i, I don't know if you remember the uniform i'm talking about uh, that um that uh, kirk or, or chris pine was wearing when he was talking to mm, With admiral the paris admiral. yeah yeah, so that I thought that was pretty good. The um, the away uniform that they they had from the escape pods I thought was really very practical, and mm-hmm. I thought it looked really sharp. I I, I like that look uh, overall. So I thought you know overall they did okay. I just like I said the. Um, the dress greys or whatever they were wearing and Into Darkness, I was like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But the rest of them, I thought they, they did fine with
0: Yeah, it looked almost like two real world military, you know, but I mean, they have hats too. I'm like, where did these hats come from? It just It seemed just kind of overdone to me because in we introduced so many uniforms in 09, like the cadet uniforms, right? You had your underclassmen, you know, like mm-hmm. Kirk and McCoy on them. And then I guess you had whatever Spock was wearing, like you know, the black uniform, you know, but the cadet style, I guess, for, like, mm-hmm. you know, enlisted officers, but they're... I, I'm not sure what the terminology would be, but uh, they were still cadets. He was not... When they're on Earth in the Academy, Spock was wearing black and the, the students were wearing red. Uh, and I thought that was that—that was a cool design there, and then it they kind of all made sense in the same family. You know, you could see them all interacting together. Uh, Spock's wearing the, the black again at the end of the film when he meets uh, Litter Nemoy Spock. And then, you know, you get to... Um, into darkness, and, and like and like Kirk and Spock are just going to a meeting with Pike, and they're wearing the <laughs> they're wearing these gray uniforms and like blessed with their hats and all that, and just just seem like just seem like overkill. I guess not to say, I mean, I hate to be like cynical. I'm like, we're gonna sell more toys with this, but is that really? I mean, that's more of a Star Wars thing <laughs> than a Star Trek thing. I think as motivation as far as new new uniforms, new designs to sell toys, but. Uh, I mean, I don't. The toys didn't sell very well, by the way. They canceled the 09 toy line like halfway through, just for the record. So, I mean, whatever <laughs> whatever their objective there was, it failed. But uh, but they quickly just kind of like pushed those aside for Beyond, and and it surprised me. They redesigned it, it did surprise me. They redesigned the costumes for Beyond the way they did, and I actually prefer the Beyond versions of these because they're a little like less over design. Right. I don't need to see a delta pattern every. It's centimeter. It was the same thing with when they the redesigned the Superman costume for Superman Returns. They're like, "Oh, look, we have the S shield in the, in the bottom of the boot, and it's the belt buckle. And if you really look really close to the microscope, you can see the S all the way across." I'm like, "That's just too much. It's too much." And they kind of brought it back down to earth, so to speak. And um, even the, and the collars were a little higher, so it even made me kind of think about TNG, like season three S uniforms. Obviously, no black shoulders, but uh, the just overall cut and design of the uniforms. And you know, in Star Trek IV, Kelvin Star Trek IV, hopefully we'll we'll see the same uniforms because I don't want to be change uniforms like every movie, you know, like at least keep them for at least two movies. Right. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's the way I'd like to see it.
2: Yeah. I think they're great. Um, The beyond ones and the away team with the jacket and everything. I think those are really, really nice. Um, We also kind of get somewhat a similar one with um, the bad in into darkness. He's got kind of almost a Kirk, TMP kind of thing. So it's white in the middle and it's gray yeah. on the sides and stuff. So that's kind of a neat callback, but I think it was better done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, oddly, you guys are complaining about the gray ones. I actually like the gray ones. I think
0: they're <laughs> great. Well, I think they're great in isolation. It's just I, like mixed in with the Star Trek ones is odd to me. That's all.
2: Yeah. I, that's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, um, the end scene in Into Darkness when you know Kirk Chris Pine is is giving his speech you know mm-hmm. and they're all in the gray uniforms and it's also because Carol Marcus is there yay um, <laughs> I really I actually really really like that and I I think if I cosplayed a Beyond uniform it would be the gray one because I've heard cosplaying the dress whether it's blue or red they are really really hard to get into
1: hmm. I have been mm. told. I- Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried myself, but I'd be willing to. The, uh, you know, it it was funny, because, as you were saying, Zach, you know, with a a toy line or whatever, and I guess that's what you think of as money. I always think if you're in a headquarters, usually you're in a, a, a fancier uniform, you're not walking around in your camis and all that other stuff. You're, you're actually in a dress uniform. And, you know, we talked about, I think, a long time ago, that, you know, on aircraft carriers in today's Navy, you wear different colors. On the flight deck to indicate, okay, this is the fueling guy, this is the launching guy, this is the weapons guy, this is the firefighting team. Everybody has a very distinct, very bright color on the flight deck, and that's what you wear on a ship, right? So everybody knows what division you belong to. It's just perfect that way. So I was able to, in my mind, I was like, well... You know the uniform just—it was just so different. I guess maybe unique, and that's why I had a tougher time getting my arms around it. I didn't say I didn't like it; it was just different. Uh, but I also understood that okay, you're at headquarters, you're at Starfleet headquarters, you, you better be dressed up, which is kind of strange because then the admiral's uniform doesn't make sense. You know, and I, I didn't like they tried to capture what they did in the motion picture with the admiral's uniform, but they did not they did not get there. It was like you had the fluffy collar, the epaulets. And it, it was too much. Are you, t- are you talking it, about, you talking about Pike's
0: shot. Admiral uniform?
1: Uh, Pike's and then... Um, uh, yeah. The, Marcus. Marcus. yeah. Marcus. Marcus, yeah. How oh, <laughs> could we forget his name? Right? <laughs> but, yeah, Admiral, Robocop. Just, Admiral Robocop. Admiral uh, Robocop. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Admiral Robocop. Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah, I, I liked the Pike uh, version because it was obviously a direct callback to Admiral Kirk from the motion picture. But I, I see what it you're saying It was a nice there. callback. It was
1: yeah. a nice callback. They just didn't execute it as well, I don't think. Yeah, so it's
0: just that's that's the thing when you give a budget, right? Because in like if you go all the way back to the first episode, the cage, right? They they had a budget and they went. They went down to a planet landing party. They had a, a field jacket, which makes sense. That gives you that gives you some pockets to put stuff in, right? If you really need to, if you pick up something interesting, you don't have to hold it the whole time. If you're, you know, etc. You get to the original series. I completely get why we didn't have. Okay, guys, time to put the jackets on and this and that. It's a whole process. That's why we have a transporter instead of a shuttle, where the ship doesn't land, and that all makes sense. When you have a budget for these movies, you can really, you know, splurge and get lots of different combinations, like we saw in Motion Picture, Ratha Khan obviously in the Kelvin timeline movies so uh, that that just gives that just gives everybody a lot more diversity and uh, cosplaying as well, which everybody loves. So that's a huge part of fandom. You know, it's not only just wearing them, but actually, you know, creating the costumes, making them yourselves, putting them together. And people get a lot of fulfillment out of that. And I can I can totally understand why. And then you wear it and you're like, yes, I made this myself. It's a very proud moment to walk around a convention and, and uh, you know, be like, hey, I love your I love your costume, I love your uniform. Yes, I made it myself. So that, that's a huge part of Star Trek fandom and it always has been. So it's and always shall be So <laughs> because you have to say that phrase together when you talk about Star Trek so uh, so yeah did we miss anything as far as uh, all the uniforms go up to as far as the TOS world goes up to beyond guys
2: no but uh, I have a question for you guys so in Star Trek 4 if we get Jayla back and she's part of the crew which Zach and I kind of talked about and hoped mm-hmm. for uh, do you think that she will wear pants or she can wear the dress and what color Hmm. I don't think she'd put on a dress. She's gonna be in pants.
0: <laughs> do, do, do we see? Do we see women crew members in pants in the golden timeline? No, but all, it's Jayla. I mean, really.
2: Okay. <laughs> I mean, granted, mm. they're very. You know, she could wear the dress, but what color do you think she'd be?
0: I think because she's going to be a checkoff replacement, she would be, wear gold, because she's sitting up there next to Sulu at, at the at the con station. So. Navigator station, I should Mm -hmm. say. What about you, Ken?
1: Pants. (laughs) And I would say probably, well, she'd be an ensign. So I I guess it depends. um, Because she was not just, she was actually more of an engineer than she was a navigator. So she could wind up in the front, but she could be wearing red. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what my thought
2: is. I thought I'm, I'm torn between yellow and and red because on one hand, I think it'd be great if she replaced Chekhov, uh, but on the other hand, she's very much an engineer, and I love seeing her and Scotty.
1: And of course, Chekhov was too, right? He he was yep. he ran over to engine, so he was he was the the genius on the ship, which was mm-hmm. kind of a unique character for him. So I like that piece. Hey, one uniform though, I just want to point out that um, did carry over. So in Star Trek: 09, when they're boarding the shuttles to go race up to the ships. Um, because the transporters were something or, or whatever, and anyway, anyway, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> uh, the officers who were standing there checking people into the shuttle were wearing a gray uniform with a hat too. Mm, they were wearing is. hats, yeah. So there were hats before Into Darkness, but that was the only other occasion I can remember them wearing hats. Interesting. Huh? It's right. Yes. It was interesting. Anyway, so, sorry, I digressed. No. Uh, we went we went from Jayla. But hopefully Jayla does come back. Uh it's it's funny because uh her stardom's really on the rise too, so it's it's kinda come down to money. You know, how much are they gonna pay for this one? I think they're gonna go with a lower budget and kinda find some happy medium. So it'll be see how much cast getting expensive for some of those folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yes, I, I definitely hope we see her back. and I don't, I don't know if we shouldn't wear pants or not. They might upgrade the uniforms yet again, much like they added sleeves and beyond. They might add mm-hmm. pants. Yay, f- four movies in, guys, pants. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, So that kind of covers the Kelvin timeline, the original series, the original series movies. But in summary here, and we can mention, you know, post-TOS stuff if we want, guys. What are y'all's favorite Uniform designs, Haley. We'll start with you. Of all of Star Trek, TOS or not, what's your favorite uniform design? Oh, geez. of
2: all of it.
0: Ugh. Okay, well, well then, what's your favorite TOS
2: one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, jeez, that's really hard. Uh, my favorite TOS one, yeah. I'm I'm tossing it out to the gray uniforms. The ones For...
0: that we we specifically spent 10 minutes talking about, we didn't like. Okay,
1: got
2: yeah. It. <laughs> Well, that was you, too, so I'm... I,
1: yeah, that's how we didn't like them. It was just different. It right. was kind of hard, that's all. It was just right. a big swing, that's all.
0: All right, well, I expect to see you one of those at Star Trek Las Vegas one of these days, so...
1: Fingers crossed. What about you, Ken? My fav- I, I think the Monster Marines were my favorite uniform design for the whole crew. My favorite uniform was Kirk's from TMP. That was a very sharp uniform, and he, at the time he could wear it, <laughs> you know what I mean, he, he, he really, I, I thought his entrance was powerful in that uniform, and it was very distinguished from the others, material, everything, so that is, if, uh, I've never done a cosplay or anything like it, but if I could, that would be the uniform I'd wear.
0: Good calls, good calls. As for me, I would say the Rathacon uniforms, the uh, Monster Maroons would be my favorite, I just they just seem like, dignified, nautical but nice is, is the terminology they used behind the scenes at the time, and. Uh, there's just so much variety to them, and there's like a, there's there's flaps you can open and jackets you can take on and off, and there's the alternates like with the the uniform jacket that Kirk wears in Star Trek Five, and so just everything that goes with those uniforms just just it's kind of an all purpose and and just looks really snazzy. And again, it's cold in space, as Khan says, it's very cold in space. So you want you want your turtleneck and your jacket, <laughs> you know, don't be messing with the AC. So th- those are my favorites. Now, kind of to speak to what I had hinted to when I asked you Haley first outside of those though my favorite uniform would be the first contact uniforms the next gen movies and then what became the d space 9 uniforms in the latter half of that show uh again i like the layers you know i guess let's deal with me like layers and thickness of material it's just interesting but uh, i like how they they looked very uniform and i guess that's that, that ties together like that is the first contact is the equivalent of the throughout uniforms uh because they all look very they look very uniform right the color is kind of a you know, it's a splash of color based off undershirts or straps or this or that, or, or, or braids as the first contact uniforms have. But, uh, the, if you look at a crew, they all look like they fit together, right? They're all like, okay, you got the, the gray shoulders, the black bodies and the color of the undershirt that shows you what division. same thing with the Rathicon monster maroons, you get the red color, but then you get the, the splash color and the strap and the turtle like to tell you what division. So those are my favorite two. I feel like they're kind of in the same family of design. Um, as opposed to if you like look over at the other family of design, you get like the T and G season one and etc uniforms are kind of a natural evolution from the TOS uniforms. You get the three division colors; they're they're very you know tight on the body, that kind of thing. Uh, so those are kind of on two different evolutionary tracks, and that that's where it gets complicated when they you try to meld the two TV and movie divisions together when next gen started to do it and when doing their flashbacks to the Monster Maroons. But that's my my overall uh, take on the uniforms. Do you guys have any favorites outside of the TOS uniforms?
2: I do like the white with the black pants and the gold stripes that we see in Nemesis.
0: Oh, the the dress uniforms.
2: Yeah, Hmm. they kind of remind me, kind of almost like the navy the navy dress whites. Although I know the pants are black, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you can.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, Haley's right. The navy dress whites are the best uniform. (laughs) Yes. The choker whites. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh. Yep, I like those a lot. And I, I agree with you, Haley. That was that was my um that would have been my selection was the it was actually an insurrection too at the beginning. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, when they were when and then you put on that, that little Pippi Longstocking <laughs> thing, um, but at any rate, kind of kind of took away from the uniform there. So <laughs> notes, okay, you know, choker whites, don't put on Pippi Longstocking, it doesn't work. But I think that is probably um, the the sharpest uniform holistically was was that look. I, I really enjoyed it. The the regular uniforms that they wore were okay. I still preferred the Monster Maroons over those. But uh, yeah, so TNG's dress uniform in the last two movies were. As good as you know the Kirk admirals uniform, in my opinion, they those would have been, you know, the sharpest ones to wear,
0: as opposed to the TNG dress uniforms in the first couple seasons, they
1: literally <laughs> dresses. Oh, gosh.
0: Took it a little TNG. too literally
1: there, costume design department. They those were horrible. Oh, those were bad. <laughs> those were horrible.
0: They did but improve they... <laughs> over over the seasons. They did improve. Okay, they got shorter and shorter. <laughs>
2: Yeah, when Worf is, what does he say something about, I'm not putting on a dress or something? I can't remember how he says it, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, you can't you can't win them all. Just since we're talking about it, what did you think of the Deep Space Nine kind of jumper, turtleneck, Voyager uniforms? Was that something that was eh, okay? You liked them, you didn't? I, I, I
0: liked how they were a different... Um, job description, right? Like, obviously, okay, these are our outpost or space station uniforms, and then when you're on a starship, you have the TNG uniforms. Um, when they got mixed into Voyager, I was like, that's odd, but I did it because it was quote-unquote the newest one, although I feel like it should have kept the TNG uniforms around. So I like them for what they were. They were more utilitarian, like, you know, Cisco and Bashir and, and you know, O'Brien are, like, digging through stuff and fixing the station up. That, that uniform suited that job well of, like, refurbishing D-Space-9, but uh, I think they should have kept the division of, like, okay... Outposts for this, Starships for this. I would have liked it better that way. But, Haley, what did you think of the Deep Space Nine kind of jumpsuits?
2: I was kind of disappointed that they kind of went back to the, the whole One Piece. But I, they looked better than the One Piece from the first couple of seasons of TNG. So that was kind of nice. Um, I liked that, you know, it kind of seemed like you could roll the sleeves up if you needed to. Like, O'Brien's always got his rolled up. And, um so I think they suited. I was just kind of like, really? We're going back to the One Piece? Really? Really?
0: <laughs> no, I, I, you, I like those uniforms as well. And that's a perfect. Uh, point you bring up I liked how they could be more casual with them you know O'Brien he's a working guy he's always crawling through Jeffrey's tubes or fixing stuff and he almost I don't think I almost ever saw Did we ever see him with like long sleeves in that uniform they're always I had the O'Brien action figure from d space nine it, even his sleeves were <laughs> rolled up on the action figure, so <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't take it as an outpost uniform though I just took it as a working uniform yeah. well well
0: they, they make a really weird distinction of those two uniforms like when like even in the emissary the pilot d space9 O'Brien like when he's on d space 9 he's wearing the d space9 uniform. Then he beams over the Enterprise like to say goodbye. He's like in the next gen uniform. It's like, man, this is some kind of like Star Starfleet's really anal about what uniform you have to wear? <laughs> wear, but uh, but that's that's what I got because we had never seen those uniforms before. I was like, okay, this is going to be on a space station, and then the next gen uniforms are going to be on starships. And then, of course, Voyager came along and just say, oh, are these the uniforms we're using now? I guess so. And they just they just ran
1: with that. So and, well, generations mixed uniform, right? So I think they just evolved. And they was like, oh, okay. They weren't so uptight on the Enterprise. You can wear your working uniform. Yeah. Well, then,
0: oh, yeah, well, then you know, interesting about that. No one. They didn't create new uniforms for anyone but Patrick Stewart or Brent Spiner. So Jonathan Frakes is wearing Avery Brooks's uniform, and Jonathan Frakes is a very tall, tall man. So he's taller than Avery Brooks. So that's that's why Riker's sleeves are rolled up the whole time. Uh, LeVar Burton is wearing Cole Meany's uniform. Cole Meany is, you know, I guess, has different proportions than LeVar Burton. That's why his uniform looks a little baggy. You know, like the sleeves are a little too long. And then we never saw wharf or beverly or troy wear uh those of course we saw wharf one where wear one in deep space nine but uh little little costume trivia there for you
1: so yeah and there were a lot of original series people in generations that's why we're allowed to talk about it so shut up or <laughs>
0: <laughs> by the way scotty wearing yellow wearing that mustard undershirt in generations so there you have it look it up
1: yeah he was he was but he was wearing a captain's insignia ah <sighs> So basically, guys, these, these uniforms make no sense. It's basically yeah. right. <laughs> ultimately <laughs>
0: nothing makes any sense.
2: So. Just throw it all with all out with the bathwater. <laughs> right.
0: Well, you know, we couldn't help ourselves. across the streams a little bit there at the end. I uh, hope hope nobody minds.
1: No, I enjoyed it. It was it was it was very reflective, I guess, thinking about it because you just kind of you know the uniforms kind of uh, trip off where things were happening and you know different eras and things. So I, it kind of makes me smile when we go through all the different incarnations from, from beginning to end. So I enjoyed it. Very well done.
0: I guess I don't have... Well, I guess I should say this. <clears throat> you know, I don't have a Starfleet uniform right now that fits me on when I was a kid. But if I were ever to get a uniform now and wear it to, like, a convention, I, I guess, if that's the hill I'm going to die on, guys, I guess I have to get a tan pilot uniform, right? Get, like, Gary Mitchell or <laughs> Kelso or one of those guys. At least uh, you're consistent, brother. So, uh, So if you, guys, <laughs> if you guys see me at a convention i'll be i'll be wearing lieutenant commander gary mitchell no none of the uh none of the eyes though i don't want to wear those contacts i don't wear contacts okay that's no way Mm -mm. but uh, i'll I'll wear that tan uniform so anyway talking about uniform designs isn't the only thing we'll be doing on trek fm this week here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm literary treks i wouldn't say it's totally different but i would say there's some difference to it uh yeah, I did see some elements that reminded me of The Trouble with Troubles. And yeah, you know, certainly I mud in a piece of the action. I can see that, too. It does have that comedy element, just like those episodes do. But I think this is this takes it a little further and is a little more mm. slapstick. Uh, yeah, than very slapstick. So, <laughs> um, but again, there's certain tones and certain elements that do remind me of those other those other episodes. So
1: Warp 5. I do want to mention also that uh, just something that this this came up when I was working on Knights of the Living Dead. George Romero hated the word zombie. He didn't think of his creatures as zombies. um, Yes. And and it's one of the reasons why there's only some overlap between what we saw in Knights of the Living Dead and everything you just described from from West African and and Caribbean folklore. Because of that, the, the, the two, basically, you kind of got you know, undead peanut butter and zombie chocolate, and you wound up with what everybody now thinks of as zombies. Meta Trex. Just imagine the worst-case scenario that could happen, and, and look at all the bad things that have happened in history, and then you realize, hey, even if the if the worst possible scenario unfolds, that's not too bad in the grand scheme of things right here in the present. I was going to say, some people read Marcus Aurelius, Riker goes to the holodeck.
0: The 602 Club.
1: I, I definitely agree. I thought that the writer did a great job of portraying Han. And Han's a hard character to nail down because mm-hmm. I think he—I think it was really hit and miss in the old legend stuff with Han. There were some books that really glorified him as a character and tried to turn him into something that he wasn't. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm.
0: So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, Get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course, you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well.
2: If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at trekfm and click Discussion on the menu bar.
1: Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's patreo dot com trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you, as always, to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. You guys, uh, your, your contributions, your help, your support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs... You can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time. Or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO.
0: As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M O O R E O I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Holding On the Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that Young Superman show. You can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S.
2: You can find me on Twitter. I am at Trekkie01D.
0: Celebrating Trek Tuesdays. That's tomorrow, everybody. Wear your trek.
2: (laughs) Yes. And use the hashtag Trek Tuesday.
0: So thanks, everyone, for listening. And join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Orbit.